Hello, and welcome to Teen Life Inquiries, a podcast where we answer your inquiries, parents and teens, about adolescent issues and experiences. Our task is to provide informative insight into the biological, cognitive, and social impacts relating to adolescents. In doing this, we hope to maintain the parental-teen relationship and make the changing dynamic more understandable to both parties. Now, I would like to introduce my lovely co-host and sister, Claire. Hi, I'm Claire. I'm no longer an adolescent or a parent, but I've been through the awkward, weird teen years, so I'm interested to see what Teresa has to say. Today we have an inquiry submitted by Anna Windenberg. She's a mother of three and her oldest, who is 13, seems to be more self-conscious than usual. Hello, Teresa. I was curious about what research is out there or scientific evidence explaining the rather drastic changes in behavior that I've seen in my daughter lately. She used to care less about what others thought of her, but recently... She has been obsessed with popularity and dressing stylish to please her friend group. She has also grown more concerned with what others think of her. And I've seen this when we go out to public places and when she discloses her worries to me. Mm, Well, I think we all can relate to this, at least myself, thinking back to adolescence, especially in those middle school years. I didn't know how to even maneuver my body. I was hitting you know, uh, my hips on everything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. So definitely walking was hard. (laughs) Definitely a time we all can recall being more conscious um, of ourselves from childhood. Well, today we will be answering your question, Anna, and I will be providing you with the research that um, I stumbled upon and rest assured this is a completely normal process as long as your child is otherwise happy. You need not worry. I can also offer advice on how you can react to these new interactions and situations with your daughter. First off, I'd like to discuss some of the biological um, or neuroanatomical changes that are, that are occurring right now um, in your daughter. And these may be affecting both her behaviors and cognitions. Since adolescence is a time when um, a lot of brain development occurs, There are processes taking place, specifically neurogenesis, synaptic pruning, and myelination. Neurogenesis is when neurons undergo rapid growth, creating more connections. So specifically the cell body of neurons, um, which gives rise to gray matter. Synaptic pruning involves destroying connections between neurons that are unused, which increases efficiency in these neural networks. This is also a very important uh, process. Hmm. Finally, we have this process of myelination occurring, which encases axons with a fatty tissue, increasing the rate of synaptic um, transmission, which also benefits this idea of efficiency. So generally, development follows this path where there's a spike in gray matter, so neuronal cell bodies, and then a subsequent decrease in this gray matter followed by an increase in white matter uh, reflecting myelination. Hmm, so it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Um, So really like 
they're getting rid of neural connections, forming new ones. So does that kind of translate to this being a very influential period of, of your life? Yes, very influential. Um, and it's very experience dependent. So the connections that you are using in your life will be maintained. Mm-hmm. And then the ones that you aren't uh, will be lost. And this can form, you know, part of the person that you will become mm-hmm. um, and the way you perceive the world and whatnot. So, yes, very influential time so in development. Really forming your personality mm-hmm. during this. And these processes, I think that there's mainly, um, obviously, in the womb and in early infancy when you're coming into the world, a lot of these brain development processes are occurring then. But another period of development is during uh, puberty. So okay. that's another rapid uh, development period. That's and is very that important. like the last big one of your life then? Yeah, I mean, it's starting these processes. But like I'm about to say, these, um, these processes of first, you know, gray matter is increasing, then it's decreasing, and then myelination happens. They all differ depending on the individual, the mm-hmm. start and end of these processes and the different brain regions. So mm. that's what, you know, when people say that your frontal cortex isn't developed <laughs> until you're 25 or isn't fully developed. Longer for guys. That's what they mean. <laughs> that's what they mean. It's just, it's a slower process in other brain regions uh, relative to other ones. Okay. Interesting. So all of these processes have very important implications for um, changing adolescent behavior and cognitions. So one study uh, states that myelination was observed in four important pathways which may be implicated in the developmental changes observed in cognition among adolescents. Connections observed in the prefrontal cortex, basal ganglia, thalamus, corpus callosum, and ventral visual areas were observed. And I will be elaborating on this further. As myelination occurs in these key brain areas, we see changes in teens' ability to interact with sensory information and regulate their behavior and construct um, behaviorally relevant plans more effectively. I will be discussing each of these brain areas' uh, associated function in detail now. Starting with the frontal cortex, improvements in myelination in this brain area is associated with better attention, working memory, inhibition, and improvements in verbal and spatial memory. The corpus callosum is associated with improved sensory and motor integration. And the next one we have here is a loop between the frontal cortex, the basal ganglia, and the thalamus. This plays a role in learning, modulation of behavior, and improvements in emotional and cognitive functioning. This loop exemplifies the frontal cortex's ability to regulate um, from top down and it's why it's called, you know, the executive functioning center. It can dictate to lower areas of the brain, so sensory areas, and tell them what um, behaviorally relevant stimuli to be attentive to. So this increased efficiency in adolescence um, gives rise to more efficient processing of information. And this can have implications to socially relevant information as well. Finally, we have improvements in the ventral visual area, giving rise 
to um, better visual spatial integration. So we can now apply what we know about um, improvements in brain areas during adolescence to uh, the increased detection of socially relevant stimuli. And for this, uh, a study proposes that there are these three nodes, um, so, so kind of co highly connected areas in the brain that are responsible uh, for supporting a certain functionality. So first we have the detection node, which um, consists of the interparietal sulcus, the temporal and, and occipital regions. And these brain structures are responsible for deciphering social properties of stimuli. Next, we have the affective node, and this consists of limbic areas, which are um, include like the amygdala and the hippocampus, etc. And these play a role in processing the emotional significance of social um, information. Finally, we have this cognitive regulatory node, which involves the prefrontal areas that inhibit, plan, and make theory of mind possible, which I will be discussing theory of mind in detail as we get to the, the cognitive section here. After talking about all of the implicated brain regions that give support to social thinking, we can see the complexity of it. And it also gives some insight into why the social thinking isn't present in childhood and why teen thinking is so fundamentally different. It's because these brain regions are not fully developed. And as they develop, you know, it gives rise to this more complex thinking. Now we can move on to the cognitive changes observed in adolescence. So teens show an increased ability to take on perspective-taking tasks, and exhibit theory of mind. This arises in part due to their increased ability to think spatially because they can transform from egocentric to allocentric reference frames um, more seamlessly. So an egocentric reference frame involves seeing objects, people, or things in relation to yourself, while allocentric reference frames involve um, the ability to see objects or people in relation to a different object or person. So you can see things separate from yourself. This forms the basis for um, these tasks like theory of mind. And theory of mind is this process where you can understand that other people have thoughts and intentions and perceptions that are different and discrete from your own. And this doesn't develop till early adolescence and or late childhood, and it really isn't refined until early adolescence. The novelty of being able to see that others have different thoughts from your own gives rise to this other common um, experience uh, that we see in adolescence, which is an imaginary audience. With an imaginary audience, Teens feel that um, that they're being watched all the time, that everyone is judging them. And this is because they, they understand that other people have separate thoughts, but they enter this like intermediary space where they believe that they are the subject of other people's thoughts. This relates heavily to 
the topic that Anna brought up with her daughter, who is very self-conscious and very driven towards um, appearing favorably towards her peers. Next, we see an increased drive towards social reward in adolescence. The salience of peer opinions is especially high during this time. And we see this because studies have observed that the reward regions of the brain are especially activated when adolescents imagine whether a peer would be interested in interacting with them. The reward aspect of social participation um, also provides a reason as to why your daughter is spending so much more time thinking about these social interactions and how she's appearing to people socially. Now we can begin to discuss the social impacts of adolescence. I think that your daughter is exhibiting a very normal process of trying to assert herself socially. Um, she's trying to exhibit her independence from her family. This is a very normal process in um, adolescence where she is testing out autonomy. She's trying to test out these new roles. And because she's more aware of these, the social landscape, there's a lot of pressure um, in entering this sphere. The interactions that take place during adolescence, these social interactions, are very impactful and can inform people's appraisals of themselves and identities. How other people perceive you and what friend group you decide to align with is very influential in how you see yourself in comparison to others and within the social world. So with that being said, understanding the neuroanatomical changes that are occurring in your daughter and the cognitive changes that are resulting as consequence, um, you as a parent can approach this with a right perspective. And I can kind of tell you what I've garnered from my research. So my advice would be to use all this information that I have given you to try to understand um, what your daughter is going through through the lens of her teen mind. And whenever you encounter an argument, let's say, try to understand her point of view um, so you guys can facilitate proper communication and maintain this uh, good parental relationship since that is a very important base mm -hmm. throughout adolescence um, and I, I hope that all of the you know the biological changes that I've discussed here and the cognitive and social changes that I've discussed have helped you understand why your daughter um, is exhibiting these different behaviors and becoming a little more self-conscious and I hope I could have been some help to you. Yeah, I mean, I've learned a lot today. And um, 
That's good. I hope I, I made it easily digestible. I'm hoping I made some of those definitions of those, um, mm-hmm. those brain areas easily understandable to the lay person. Yeah, and I mean, definitely, like, thinking back on my time as a teen, I had no idea I was going through all of this at the time, but it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that comes to the conclusion of our podcast um thank you for the submission anna and i hope that um you know you and your daughter continue to have a great relationship and you know she's having trouble things get easier and again as i conclude this podcast i would like to um remind you all that you can check my uh, reference page for all of the research that i use to uh construct these these answers so thank you for listening and i i hope i could have been some service to you